Hello, everyone, and welcome to A La Carte, a podcast about Brian Fuller's Hannibal. I am Josh Carter. I'm Brett Bird. And we are here this week to talk about episode 311 of Hannibal called And the Beast from the Sea. Uh, this was a rather good episode. This is probably one of my favorite episodes of the series thus far. Really? Yeah. I just think it hits a lot of notes from books, notes from the films, and then also takes it in so many new directions, and we get just a lot of great character acting, a lot of strong directing. There's one sequence uh, in this episode that I think is just fantastically edited. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. What did you think? Um, it, it wasn't my favorite. It was, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a good episode. Um, a lot of really strong, solid moments, a lot of really, really great character moments, um, really great performances across the board from Mm -hmm. everyone on the cat in the cast. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it was just sort of there for me. It just sort of plopped itself right down the right down in the middle of this arc and was just like okay this happened you think so you don't think there was any difference between in in the world of hannibal you don't think there's a difference from the end of the episode to the beginning of of the episode nothing changed at all well and this has to do a lot with how the last scene of the of the episode plays and how it, it just sort of ends um that i think that for me is why this this episode literally it just in it ended and I just sat there for a second like oh there's not a there's not a scene after that they just oh okay they chose to end the episode literally in the middle of a scene okay uh I mean I didn't read it that way I read it much more as I just didn't feel ending that there was on a, a, a cliffhanger a, well, this is the final showdown between these two I don't know it just didn't it just didn't I didn't feel that button though that that. I feel hmm. they needed that needed to be. I felt like the the la, the final moment needed to be weighted. There needed to be a button on it, and there just wasn't. It just sort of stopped, and then it went to credits. Hmm. And I was I was really confused by that. But okay, well, okay. well, we'll yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that we'll talk when about we get to the end of this uh, this recap. But I really want to hear more about that because I don't know. It's an interesting. I I thought it landed really well, but um, I. There's a lot of really dense dialogue in that last scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it may have just been a little too obscure, and I might be reading into my own thoughts on it too much. But We'll get there. This episode was directed by Michael Reimer. Uh, I believe that's how you say his name, R-Y-M-E-R, who is uh, a veteran Hannibal director. He's directed, I think, nine episodes of this show. Um, and it served as executive producer on most of this season. This episode was written by Brian Fuller and Steve Lightfoot, as always. And so, uh, before we get into the recap, we will spoil the books, we will spoil the films, we will spoil every episode of Hannibal up until this point. Uh, so if you haven't caught up, or you want to wait and read the books, or see the movies, uh, you can go ahead and turn us off. But we will talk about that stuff. One of the things we love about this show is how much it blends all of those different adaptations together into one uh, one story. 
and then like I said takes it off in new directions too so we we always try to hunt around and tr- figure out where the show's going and what they're doing mm-hmm. and therefore we talk about what's come before but without further ado uh, let's get into the recap uh, the, we start this episode with some clips from the final scene last week Francis is eating William Blake's painting as creepily as ever and <laughs> Will Graham chimes in as the sound is advanced over uh, Richard Armitage eating the painting and we cut into uh, Jack Crawford saying he ate a painting and Will just he very very plainly he ate it up which uh, that is one of my favorite line deliveries he's ever had. Me too. Uh, Hugh Dancy as Will Graham in this episode does a really awesome job of being Will Graham, but playing it almost totally different than he's played the character for two and a half years. Oh yeah, he's been tortured for two and a half years, mm-hmm. and now he's had some semblance of a normal life, and these crazy sons of bitches are coming in and ruining everything. So yeah, I mean he's lived he's lived in relative peace and quiet for three years. He's going to, you know, he's going to, he's going to straighten up. He's going to buck up. He's going to say enough is enough. I can't deal with you anymore. Like stop trying to ruin my life and hurt my family. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also funnier. But he's also, yeah, I mean, he's also definitely um, chilled way out uh, in terms of. He's definitely not as neurotic. He's not all. as neurotic. And, and Hannibal kind of inspired that behavior in him. And I feel like the three years he's been with Molly. He's mm-hmm. really been able to let his hair down and just live and breathe. And the world isn't so heavy on him anymore. But you see that start to return at the end of this episode after everything that transpires. And he plays that just as, I mean, he, it, Hugh Dancy is a phenom- phenomenal actor. So he can play those two sides of that coin mm-hmm. very, very well. But I, I tend to love seeing him more relaxed and loose and joking around. I like that Will Graham better. <laughs> Uh, me too. I, I mean, he was a big part of why I like this episode so much. Mm-hmm. It's his portrayal. He's great. Yeah. Um, they recap kind of what transpired at the museum last week, and Jack, they 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 make the suggestion here of trying to force Francis Dollarhide to kill himself out of shame, mm-hmm. uh, in order to stop the dragon. They kind of pick up on the fact that he's tormented Mm -hmm. by something Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh that's that's taken directly from the books it's one of the tactics that they try yeah which may come into play next week because a rather big event if they're gonna do it a rather big event is gonna happen next week which may be the end of poor freddie lowndes they'll do it um they'll do it i mean I feel like this episode, even the character of Francis, sort of hinted at, you know, what if she comes to the house? Mm-hmm. You know, the, I, I'm oh. not strong enough to save her from the red dragon. No, 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 not Reba. Oh. Well, I think Reba's going to happen next week, too. I think that's where next week's episode is going to end is the big, um, not a blow-up moment, but, I mean, the house <laughs> blows up in a way. It kind of burns down. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he kind of takes Reba hostage yeah. as the cops close in. So I think that's the way that next week's episode is going to end. But Freddie Lowndes, they may be setting up her little arc. Really, the only arc that she has for this season is 
they use her to start getting killed. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's really it. Has to do. Well, yeah, they use her to start shaming him in that way to maybe in the hopes that he'll kill himself or he'll do something rash and stupid and they'll be able to catch him. So she prints that he's gay and, you know, disfigured and all these things and he takes issue with it and lights her on fire in a wheelchair and rolls her down a parking garage. Uh which they've already done. They've already done on We've this show. Seen so, this happen, so she's gonna go out some other way, probably. Yeah. If they choose to do it. I I like that actress and I kinda like her character and her banter with Will Graham. So mm-hmm. if the cho- show does continue, I hope I kinda hope they keep her around. But either way it's gonna end up as a really disturbing moment. What happens to Freddie Lowndes in Manhunter uh before the wheelchair is pretty disturbing. Yeah. Um yeah. And in Red Dragon. And in Red Dragon, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty specific to a man, mm-hmm. if I'm not, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. The, the form of torture is, has to do with private parts. Yeah. So I, I guess we'll see, we'll see how they change that as well. I don't know. This, could, this is all getting pretty far out there. Anyway, we have a, a confrontation between will and jack and we see that will is not exactly happy that he's been trapped in jack's game he feels like he's been manipulated a little bit again as always Mm-hmm. Uh, jack really knows how to push his buttons and kind of play off his morality mm-hmm. to get will to do what he wants him to do yeah and we have a trippy little transition through a phone to a conversation between francis and hannibal uh, they're talking mostly about Reba. This is the first verbalization we've gotten from him of w- the struggle that he's feeling inside of himself between what he feels is the man and the dragon. Right. And it, it's really come to a boil because of Reba. He's fallen in love with her. I love that line where he, or that, those lines where he's talking about touching her and feeling her heartbeat. And that she called him a man, and he says that line, just how bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool, I don't know, that's the moment where you really realize, like, that dude is really in love with her. Yeah. Like, he... Well, I mean, Brian Fuller tweeted once, he felt that Reba and Francis's romance was, I mean, it's up there in one of the great literary tragic romances. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you stop to think about it, it truly, truly is. Um, it. And con- I mean, it's compounded by the fact that the villain in the in the fairy tale romance is also the same person that is the mm-hmm. knight in shining armor. You know, uh, so it's it's definitely uh, they've done a wonderful a wonderful job with that arc, especially for having not had that many episodes to explore it. Yeah, I, w- um, I wish they had had more time. The chemistry to between kind of delve into that. Yeah, the, the the chemistry between Richard and Rutina is great. Um, the writing has been really great for them, uh, and their scenes together are just really, really lovely. But Richard Armitage continues to just, I mean, he runs circles around everybody every week. That man is so good. He's so good. And this episode, he's, he's really, really especially, especially good. He has one brilliant moment that we're going to get to in Mm -hmm. a bit, which is, I think, an amazing combination of directing, acting, and editing. Yeah. Hannibal makes a strange comment here in this conversation about tossing the dragon to someone else. Mm, Yeah. 
And then Francis brings up Will Graham. Mm -hmm. I don't really get that transition. Do you have a, an opinion on what that could mean? I I honestly did wonder about that. Um, upon second second rewatch, Hannibal mentions it, and my mind immediately goes to maybe Hannibal is asking Francis to throw the dragon to him. But then they start talking about Will Graham, mm -hmm. and it just sort of veers very quickly off into left field. And it sort of it sort of circles back around towards that point at the end of the episode too, and the craving change, yeah, yeah, and and he says, you know, maybe he views you as much of a monster as you view him, yeah. So I don't know. I'm 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 wondering about that myself. I mean, surely the only thing I can I, come up with is know. that Hannibal, because he ends this scene with "Save yourself, kill them all," and tells. Francis, where to find Will Graham's family? Mm -hmm. uh, which we already know that Francis has a proclivity for murdering families. He kind of sends him that direction. And the only thing I can come up with is this is Hannibal. Trying to get Will to tip over. Yeah. He's trying. He's yeah. pushing him as far as he can go. He's trying to make him angry. There's a part of me that thinks that Hannibal wants Will. It's like the Joker in Batman. You know, in The Dark Knight, Joker is saying, like, just kill me. Like, kill me and you'll prove my point. It's almost that. You know, Hannibal is trying to get Will to admit that he is a killer and they are the same. Yeah. But different. Yeah. And then he's there's a little bit here where I think he's trying to push Will so far that Will tries to kill him again. Yeah. That's the only way I can really interpret that transition. Well, I think yeah, I think that's spot on. And I'm <laughs> well, I've said for a long time that Hannibal and Will are kind of like Batman and Joker. So it makes sense. It's I mean, becoming more and more evident. It's yeah. becoming more and more evident. They, well, and they are they are identically different. So mm -hmm. that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, I also love in this scene Francis <laughs> saying that Will Graham is not particularly good looking or not particularly handsome oh my god yeah but purposeful yeah uh which yeah. is just funny describing hugh dancy that way yeah because he's for a while in hollywood was known as kind of a you know the dashing leading man in mm -hmm. romantic comedies it's well and it's hysterical to me too that because hugh dancy and richard armitage they're different types you know, yes. in, in, ca in casting, they would definitely not be up for the same roles, I feel like. No. Um, because I feel like Richard Armitage probably has at least a solid foot and a half on <laughs> you, Dancy. <laughs> I was going to say a foot. <laughs> so, I, that, yeah, that, that tickled me a little, that Richard Armitage playing playing this character specifically of Francis Dollarhide, who, you know, uh, who has the cleft palate and mm -hmm. who has such body image issues when we first meet him as he's coming into the red dragon and, and gaining that confidence. He's like, you know, he's calling Will Graham not particularly attractive, but yeah. He, for someone who thinks he is hideous. If, yeah. If he yeah, himself yeah, is yeah, hideous. Yeah, yeah. He's but, like, Will Graham, he ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hannibal secretly inside is just like, don't talk about my boyfriend like that. Yeah, it's true. Don't talk about my boyfriend. Yeah. He really doesn't care about, Richard Armitage at all. Not at all. He's playing his own game. Mm -hmm. uh, or as Jack Carver says, having his fun. Mm -hmm. I really love the transition out of this scene uh, to the next bit, which is we get a, a lot of shots. One of those great montages that this show does 
of the tide coming in. Yeah. Which is such an interesting way to lead into the fact that it's a full moon. Mm -hmm. You know, not completely necessary. You could realistically do that by just showing a shot of the moon. Which they do in this episode later on. Which they do. Yeah. But, you know, this show just doesn't ever really take the simple, easy way out. It's going to do, it's going to do something in your subconscious. Yeah. That you may not necessarily pick up on at first glance. And I don't know. I I love that about this show. This show for me, I was thinking about this the other day. This show for me is going to be one of those shows that um, I'll have, you know, I'll have every season on box set DVD and I'll go back two, three years later, uh, you know, some random rainy Sunday when I'm bored and there's nothing on TV Mm -hmm. and I'll put it in and I'll just completely binge watch the first, first, second season and this show is still going to be one of those shows for me that I will always continue to find something hidden that I didn't realize was there. Probably, yeah. I mean, that's just – there's not many shows out there that will do that, that will that will hide these little creative things that you, you, you maybe won't notice in one state of mind that weeks, months, years down the line, you're in a completely different headspace – or you're just simply more attentive, or maybe you're drunk or something, yeah. and you notice something that you ne- you didn't see upon first or second watch all those years ago. This show is one of those shows. Yeah, I mean, it's heaven so help smart. anybody that's it's watched so the intelligent. beginning of this season that just went through a breakup. Oh <laughs> like, my oof. god, that would be pretty intense. Like I said, we see the shots of the tides, and then it fades into a moon that's not quite full. Uh, it is waxing. Mm-hmm. And Francis is carving his mark into a tree outside of the Graham household. Mm -hmm. So we know it's coming. We know he found Molly. And when I, I've been looking forward to that confrontation all season because it is such a great little twist at the end of the book that I've been looking forward to that. I definitely thought they were just going to put that in the finale there's still room there for a second confrontation Mm -hmm. um but i think in this episode we get a lot more justification on molly's side to kill francis which she does in the books but i was i was caught off guard by them putting that here yeah i was will will not being there that's that's the biggest thing I actually was okay with that decision to keep Will away oh, I'm not from against, it. I'm not against it. Yeah. It just it surprised me. It's oh, very surprising. It, it happened. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, yeah. they're, wow, they're doing they're this doing right this now. This right now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely am all for the, them putting this in this episode and uh, removing Will from the equation. And it's literally Molly and Walter mm-hmm. in, a, in a fight for their lives. I mean, it's, it's great. This is a great episode for Molly. Um, oh, fantastic! I've been seeing people. She, just there's so many people. That's on what Tumblr I was talking about. They're, they're so taking divided. the show in new directions. She yes. seems like a character that shouldn't be on this show. No, she's a character from another show that they put on this show. She's and I love she that. is she is so strongly rooted in in black and white realism. She is not any. She's not this gray, murky area that we've lived in for two seasons with all of these different characters. There's nothing. There's nothing uh, going back to what Brian Fuller said about some of the dialogue from the show and it being a little bit pretentious and over mm-hmm. your head. There is nothing pretentious or over your head about Molly. And she plays. She, she plays in and puns. And she plays in puns, and she's very direct, and she's easy for the audience to to access and understand. And 
I love her. I mean, I've, I've, my Tumblr feed is, is largely divided between people who are adamant Hanagram shippers. And then there's people that are like, you know, Molly is so healthy and so good for Will and Hannibal's not. Like, why would you? It's like the age old Spike, Angel and Buffy triangle thing. It's like. Yeah, the Hanagram people and the. One or so. Somebody yeah, save Will Graham. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. The people that are people. like, save Will Graham. Please don't let anyone touch this precious baby. Um, and it's, uh, and I have to, I, there are some people, of course, because the internet is full of these people who are just really, they're, they're so into their, their ship that they're just like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to listen to reason. I'm not going to listen to anything you have to say. So, uh, Tumblr right now is definitely blowing up with a lot of people that are like Hannibal forever. And then there's uh, the other people that are like, uh, you're insane. Molly is actually, uh, not a cannibal and she's good for Will and she makes him smile. It's so. like that old web comic where the uh, the wife is like, "Honey, do you want to come to bed?" And he's like, oh, "He's like, I can't. Somebody's wrong on the internet." <laughs> um, I'll a, be up for hours. It's a war. Yeah, defending Molly. So we see that Francis has visited the Graham household, uh, and then we find him at his house, and we see. I didn't a couple of weeks ago. They did the Dragon Tale while he was watching movies. And I didn't like it. Yeah. Now I kind of see what they were leading up to, and I enjoy it a little bit more because it's great. this shot yeah. and the way they transition to the next scene yeah. out of the commercial break oh, it's so are good. so good. It's so good. We see him sprout wings and a tail. I mean, yeah. He's full yeah. form, but he's... he's not the form that we saw in Hannibal's office last right. week where he's standing on the rock. But he he's is becoming. He's becoming. Yes, he's becoming mm-hmm. uh, now within himself what he could only envision of himself previously um so yeah this is i loved this moment it mm-hmm. was one of those moments where i definitely watched it and just went oh yeah. shit <laughs> he has wings and then like i said coming out of that scene into the next one which is it's you literally a close-up of wings, the wings and they unfold, unfold around yes. him and he's standing in reba's it's little dark room it's beautiful it's so it's fantastic so good uh Oh crap! No, that's not here. That's later on in the episode. I was about to say the next, the first, the first scene with uh, Francis and Reba was uh, the oh the home movies. <laughs> so we got the home. We movies. got the home movies. Yeah. They decided to separate that moment into two separate scenes. They they take probably yeah. for the best. But yes, yeah. uh, Brian Fuller tweeted last week uh, in his live tweet that they had to really work strongly with like the FCC or whoever the censorship board Mm -hmm. that him dropping the martini glass was not him climaxing. They really, they, they had to like very much make a point to that because the censors, the censors were like, Nope, cannot do that. You like, you cannot show that on TV, which is still the way that I read it. Yeah. So again, the show getting away with more than they should on NBC um, but yeah, so Francis tells Reba that he's got to do some homework. Um, and he's watching the film that he shot of Molly and Walter mm-hmm. at the house. So in the books, um, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with the books, um, and even in, uh, Red Dragon, the film, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, in the film, do, do they show... What he's watching? 
Because in the books, yes, because they're the they're the home movies in the books, of this, the families. Yes, that Will is also watching. Yes, because he's trying to connect with the families, right? And then eventually he figures out. I think it's it's either because of the dog or because of the way the alarm is cut. There's something that he sees in the video that he realizes he's seen this footage. He knew the entire household before he ever set foot in it, mm-hmm. and therefore it's got to be. Somebody that's watched this material and they kind of reduce that down to people that here's work. where the tape came yeah. from. Right. Yeah. So there was you and I had had, had that discussion of like, are are they going to do this moment where he's watching these videos? With well, I assume no, because they I know they, they gave us the, the big moment mm-hmm. last week. And right. so I'd assume like, OK, that's as much as we're going to get. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we get we get that here. We get one final touching moment sort of (laughs) between these two characters and we see francis trying to have both he's trying to have his cake and eat it too yeah absolutely Um, absolutely it's pun not intended there (laughs) but so yeah that we uh we cut to a commercial there and we come out of that and molly is sitting at the house resting and walter uh, comes rushing up and says there's something wrong with the dogs. Oh, God, my uh, heart. Yeah, I know. You, you're you very attached to those dogs. Um, I'm sorry, who in this fandom isn't attached to those damn dogs? I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a great Mm-mm. a great trait for Will to have. Mm. I hope I they don't know. kill the dogs. I no, mean, no. I don't wish that on the anything. The dogs are but... fine. The dogs are fine. The vet said the dogs are fine. The dogs are fine. They got them there in time, and they're okay. <laughs> Winston's okay. That moment for I me. I choose to believe it. <laughs> that moment for me was more of like a, yep, it's inevitable now. Here it like, comes. Here yeah. it comes. But then yeah. it's also they're kind of toying with you a little bit. Uh, because the, they take the dogs to the vet mm-hmm. and the, the veterinarian, they have this conversation about Chinese dog food, which I don't know if that's true, but maybe just avoid feeding your pets Chinese <laughs> dog food for a while. Um, and she tells him that they'll probably be okay. We got charcoal in their stomach. We're going to soak up whatever they have, Mm -hmm. uh, in their system. Will later confirms that the dogs are Mm -hmm. in fact, okay. Mm -hmm. But on the way out, uh, we pan over to the, the notice from the FBI that Will had told them to put up earlier. Avoid or, or, uh, you know, notify the FBI with, if there's like any mutilations Mm -hmm. and I got poisonings. Well, no, I don't even. I don't, you don't even. Think it said no, poisonings? I thought I it said poisoning. No, uh, the the notice when Will was discussing it with Jack, it, it, they it, the the word poisonings was never mentioned. I believe it was more of just a mutilation or violence towards a pet, towards well, because a, towards animals. I thought it was because, poisoning because the no, no, dog no, no, no. the dog was poisoned, but the dog was okay, no, which is how Will got no, the dog. No, 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 no. The dog was stabbed with an ice pick. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. The dog was stabbed and the cat was strangled. Ice picker and all. That's right. Yeah. The dog was stabbed. The cat was strangled. Mm -hmm. There was never any mention of poisonings. This is why I think Francis poisoned him. This is why. He's just changing his MO? No. No. Don't even overthink it that much. Francis probably walked up on that property and saw like 10 to 11 dogs and was (laughs) like, shit, if I stab 11 dogs, that's really going to bring down a shit ton of suspicion. Yeah. 
give him some antifreeze. It's like Indiana Jones. <laughs> dogs. Why do they have to be dogs? Yeah, he like walks up and he probably just thought, okay, maybe, because he probably saw like a dog bowl or something outside of the barn. He's like, oh, yes, this is perfect. I'm a mama. This is what I do. And then I just envision Winston leading the pack of ch- the, the charge of 11 dogs as they run around the corner. And he's like, oh, shit, this is really going to bring on a lot of suspicion if I stab 11 dogs. Yeah, well, and that realistically, how are you ever going to do that? Right, exactly. Because you stab one, you 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 know you bring on the potential of them attacking you or something. So I literally don't even think it was that he was trying to change his mo. I think he was just thinking on his feet and was like, "Okay, I'm outnumbered. I need to make this look as unsuspicious as possible." Yeah. And I'm getting too far into Francis Dollarhide's head right now. I'm gonna yeah have a methodology. Sip of wine. I'm gonna have a sip killers. of wine and back away. So I did that moment played with me a little bit because. It, like I said in the book, Will is there. Yeah. So there was a little bit of me that thought in that moment, that like, oh, they're they're going to combine a couple things here. They're going to Will is going to see this. He's going to hear about this. He's going to go rushing back to his family. He <laughs> he will be nope. there while this you know while this attack goes down. Mm-hmm. He probably won't save the day. I trust Brian Fuller enough to not make Will Graham the complete you know, white knight in shining armor to the character of Molly. But I thought they were going to combine those moments, have that happen here, and then maybe have this be the moment where the house burns down. Mm-mm. <laughs> and so I, there was a little bit where I was thinking that. I was like, oh, interesting. They're going to try this. Um, didn't necessarily happen that way. <clears throat> I also love this moment between Molly and Walter. Yeah. I think it's really great. I, I love her when... Walter asks, like, are the dogs going to die? And she's like, no, honey, the dogs, are, are the dogs going to die? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that, the dogs are, are the, are the dogs going to die? Yeah, that, that reading is so yeah. good. Uh, I just love her character. It's that, like she's I said, great. she just seems like a character that would be on some sitcom or something. No, don't, I, I and, feel like that. And they just planted her in this world. And yeah. because even like her cadence and Not her, necessarily the way she, even, you know, her, like, the way she speaks and the, yeah. you know, like you said, she doesn't use that heady dialogue that everyone else uses. She's, she speaks she's very, very black and white. She's simply very and frank. formally and direct yeah. and yeah. very quickly. Mm-hmm. She doesn't talk. She's very snappy. She doesn't talk like Will or Hannibal where they sit there and brood constantly oh, man, the while they talk. Um, I just feel like, yeah, she just feels like a character transplanted from some other show. And I love that this show is capable enough yeah. to make that work. So yeah, next we catch up with Will and Hannibal talking. Will makes a reference to, I'm not fortune's fool, I'm yours. I'm yours. Yeah. He knows mm-hmm. or suspects enough that w- Hannibal did in fact set up that confrontation between him and mm-hmm. Francis Dollarhide last week. Yeah. Again, we see that, you know, we've theorized that Hannibal is always one step ahead. He has almost, you know, godlike presence and forethought into these traps that he sets for people and he's he, he's always you know he's just he's always he's thinking. just a, well his, he's just his, a master yeah his thoughts are always going off in all all these different directions he's prepared for any well here yes that's what i was getting to is that he here he explains himself and basically his methodology of why he's always two steps ahead of people or you know able to pull off these traps is he kind of just 
sets things in motion mm-hmm. and he sets several things in motion and yeah. then sees which one happens. Yeah. No, that's It is a true experiment, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, even earlier in the season, Chio said almost the exact same thing. He he literally sets thoughts, sets things into motion that go in different directions and he just waits to see which one lands first. Mm-hmm. And normal, you know, however it lands, he adapts to it, he accepts what happens. He makes a note of it and he moves on and he sets another little thing in yeah. action. That's just Hannibal. That's just how he operates. Uh, I love here too the – Will assumes that Hannibal has been in contact with the Red Dragon. And uh, Hannibal says, like, how do you think I've been in contact with him? Do, like, personal yeah, ads personal and ads. notes scrawled on toilet paper? Book reference. Yes. Uh, because those are the two main ways that uh, he and Francis communicate in the book. They're the only ways. Mm-hmm. It, you know, that is the only way that those characters have any sort of interaction, which I had assumed they were just going to do away with. So I love that those little things. Get, yeah, little get tip, a little tip of the cap. Yeah, yeah, just a slight nod to yeah. it. And kind of almost a playful smirk as, mm-hmm. you know, Brian Fuller and Steve Lightfoot kind of going, yeah, we knew that wouldn't have worked either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I thought I love that moment. Why do you think that Hannibal says that Francis is finding people on social media? I, I, do you think he's serious? No, I don't think he's serious. Not by any stretch. I mean, I think I think he's joking. I think that's more of a kind of a another little nod maybe to fans. Well, and I because feel this, like it's this also... show has such a strong social media presence, but not necessarily a strong TV viewership. I don't know. I mean, I I don't think I don't know if it's even that. I feel like it's it's literally just Hannibal throwing this comfy, safe little world that he thinks that people live in now that he's the big bad monster and he's behind bars. He's you know he's like it, because it was said in such a mocking way of like. I don't know. Maybe he's just Facebooking them. Yeah. Like, you're the detective, Will. Why can't you figure this out? Maybe he's finding them on Twitter. I don't know. Like, I'm in prison. What do you expect me to what do you expect me to know about this? Mm-hmm. So there was this sense that I got that it was just more of a mocking sort of, you know, you're on the outside world. This is your domain. I'm behind bars. What do you want? How do you I don't know. How does anybody find anything out? I'm in prison. I don't know anything. Oh, I'm so innocent, me. Yeah. When really but he's th- when really he's still pulling puppet strings from behind a wall of glass, you know. I do think prison. that somehow though Hannibal knows how he's choosing them. I think he absolutely does. He's probably figured it out. Yeah. By now. Absolutely. And I think we as an audience will probably figure that out in the next episode or the finale. Um I think it's going to be next episode. Yeah. But I so I think uh, yeah. the finale is going to be Fallout and I think the finale is going to have something major to do with like I said, Hannibal escaping. Well, and here's another thing that I was thinking about, too, is the fact that Hannibal has a lot of ideas about Francis um, just from the very brief conversations they had, they've had. Um, one thing that this show has done in the past that I've noticed that they have not done with the uh, Francis-Hannibal relationship is um, a, lot of, a lot of Hannibal's interactions with his patients um, are implied And so a lot of his knowledge of those patients is also implied and sort of already set up and built in so that by the time we get the introduction of those scenes or those characters, Mm -hmm. uh, Hannibal already has a wealth of knowledge on them to go by. 
something I've noticed with this arc specifically with Francis is that everything that Hannibal knows we've seen in a conversation that they've had on screen. So Hannibal knows just about as much as he, obviously he knows more than Will and the FBI, but he knows the same amount as we as an audience know. He knows about Reba. He knows that this man is struggling with his identity. He knows that he is a shy person who is, you know, really fighting this dark nature within himself. Mm-hmm. But Hannibal being this I mean, being the psychiatrist that he is, also knows what these little, what these ticks are, what the psychosis is. So that's something that I've appreciated about this Hannibal Francis storyline specifically, is because the the show hasn't left the audience in the dark. We're in on it. Oh, too. totally, yeah. So I think what I think what's really nice about seeing all of this happening is that. Again, it, it amplifies what we were talking about with Hannibal always setting things into motion and seeing which mm-hmm. one lands first. He's just as much on his toes and kept on his toes by Francis as yeah. we as an audience are. So that's really interesting to watch play because it's showing us this Hannibal that's sort of spontaneous uh, and that's sort of like enjoying these moments where he has no idea what this guy is going to say next. You yeah, know? I mean, he's that fallen angel character. Well, and not <laughs> even that. It's he... he He's he we're watching him relish that he is speaking to someone who literally thinks that they're transforming into a a figure greater than they are. And he has no idea where this is going to go. I mean, Hannibal has no possible clue. There's no way that he could. There's no way to know where this could go. And we're just watching Hannibal sitting back and just enjoying the show. He's just letting this go where it will and letting the chips fall he where they may. He is totally doing that. Yeah, and, you're right. And he's got this weapon on the outside too in Francis to turn against Will and the FBI. But there's also, I feel like there's a part of him that knows he can't control that weapon. He can only influence, which is what he's always done. He's always just only ever influenced. Yeah. He can only influence and suggest, but he can't actually control this person. And I think he really relishes in that too. He's like, I can't control this guy. I don't, he's a wild card. I don't know what he's going to do next. And I dig it. Like, I love it. Let's see what happens. Let's watch him blow up on everybody. Yeah. Or let's watch him not do anything at all. It would be a waste if he didn't do anything at all. Yeah, I think he... But that's Hannibal. Well, that's that's how he's... There's that's, a, a slight point that I disagree with that because I think he sees this person as somebody that, someone that is self-destructing. And I think Hannibal is pushing him towards that. Self-destructing in a way that would inevitably lead him to uh, evolving into that higher red dragon state? Either being, or just self- being the dragon yeah, or um, killing himself. Which is something that Jack and Will suggested earlier. I, I think I don't think Hannibal wants to push him towards killing himself, though, because he even states. You I think can't he sees it your... as two equally viable outcomes. Like I think he oh, I looks don't at think this he person sees says, killing himself as a viable outcome at this all. This person is nuts. Well, yeah, I know. I absolutely agree with that. I don't think that I don't think that I think... Hannibal sees suicide as a viable outcome for him. Hannibal is no, is working I'd... strictly for Hannibal. I no 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 no. no. But I don't, Francis I don't... is a weapon that he okay. needs. I'll clarify. I don't think that he's trying to make Francis kill himself. No. I think that he sees it as something that might happen. Because he's amplifying Francis's uh, psychosis. Mm-hmm. He's pushing him as far as he can push him. He's hoping that he turns into this 
great red dragon. Right. So that he could basically, he would have, like you said, he would have a weapon on the outside that he could get revenge on pretty much anybody that's ever wronged him, which is Nolana, Will, Jack, all these people. Yeah. And I think he's, he's just trying to push and push and push and push. I think if Francis does kill himself, it doesn't matter to Hannibal. No. I don't think he I don't think yeah. he cares about Francis mm-hmm. in any way that would there's no sentimentality to it. No, absolutely not. He is just using him. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what I mean by I think it's it's we talked about those branching experiments. I think he's pushing these two directions and he sees this like that may happen. Mhm. If it does, I don't care. But this is what I would like to happen. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it does. And I think that's what he's pushing towards. But I think that's the point that I was getting at is that he's using Francis. I see. Yeah. Just absolutely. completely using I him. totally agree. Yeah. And that's what I was that's the point yeah. I was making. I think in his mind the best possible outcome is Francis enacting the the vengeance that Hannibal cannot from behind bars. You know, and if he ends up killing himself, well, darn, that's a shame. Mm -hmm. There being only two episodes left, I think we know that that's not not the case. Yeah. Although they may try to hint at it next week. Moving on. uh, The next thing we see is Francis prepping for his little, um, his little trip, I guess. (laughs) His, his his murder trip. Murder vacay. (laughs) Murder road trip. Yeah. And then we come straight into Molly waking up in the house. Talk about a light sleeper. Damn. Yeah. I would sleep through all of that. Well, I mean, uh, you got to think about it. It's like they live out in the woods. It's probably pretty quiet pretty out quiet. there. Pretty quiet. You, so hear, you hear that, one floorboard move and you're like. Yeah. Any disturbance yeah. in the house, you Yeah. You know, logically, I, yeah. I would assume that someone would wake up. Yeah. I did appreciate the little, uh, We again, we get another little nod to um, Manhunter with uh, what Francis is yeah, wearing. Yeah, the half mask. The half mask. Oh, God, and those dentures. The combination of the two, he has never been as unattractive as he is in that moment. It's pretty scary. Richard he, Armitage looks really, He looks a lot really like Daredevil <laughs> from, ne- from the Netflix show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does. Yeah, the half mask. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, which the second time I watched it, I did, I did have that moment where, I mean, that, that scene is so steeped in shadows. Yes, it's so dark yes. that he's walking around the house and I'm, I was thinking, how can he see anything? Right. <laughs> like, but I mean, apparently it works for him. That's his, that's his murder costume. It is really S and M. Yeah, like you the know, leather jacket, just the black all leather, the black boots, up to the top. Yeah, the mask. Yeah, everything. It's, it's terrifying. It mm-hmm. definitely cuts a really terrifying image, especially with it being so steeped in shadows, like him walking down that hallway, with only very brief shafts of light hitting his face as he passes a passes a door. It, it's yeah. Ooh, I think it was this really, is it was a really, really creepy scene. This is a fantastic sequence. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes. I. I yes loved this moment yeah. of the show the whole time yeah. i was watching i was like this is freaking great yeah it's 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 genius we see in this moment how uh how smart and thrifty molly is yes yes 
You know, she is insanely capable. Mm -hmm. And even Hannibal gives her an acknowledgement later on when Will confronts him about it. It kills him. He says, uh, (laughs) he says, it's no, you know, it takes little more than blind luck. Yeah. To, to survive to the survive great the, red dragon. Yeah, the great yeah. red dragon. I do love that too. Just touching on this real quick. The Hannibal always refers to Francis as the great red dragon. And other people just kind of refer to him as either the red dragon or the tooth fairy or something like that. But yeah. Hannibal is showing the utmost respect yeah. in front of other people because he's having his fun. But Molly and Walter escape that poor man on the road that gets shot in the back of the head fare so well which i that was i I don't know that that whole that whole part just kind of always struck me as just kind of odd he just gets that half line out (laughs) and then just you know gets popped i don't know it's just a weird little moment but it makes sense they you know it would be weird if they had gotten picked up and they're like he's like what are you guys doing in the road in the middle of the night and you know, she's like, well, let me explain. There's a serial killer at our house and, you know, we live up the street. And they would have just been weird. That would have been a weirder moment. But Molly gets shot on the way out, but makes it back to the hospital. I love her close up when it's a fantastic performance moment by her. When After she gets shot, mm-hmm. she's driving away. There's a close up of her driving and you see... A mix of fear and determination and uh, anger. Pain. And pain in her face all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, She is smart. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great performance. That that whole, that whole, yeah, that whole sequence is, she's so smart. And she thinks so quickly. And her number one priority is always her son. Mm Mm-hmm. Even when she puts him in the car, you know, that's the frustrating thing too about sometimes in, move, in movies if like there's a, there's a scene where somebody's getting in a car and they're trying to get away from somebody, especially if that somebody has a gun or an axe or a they knife that they can throw. They always try to buckle their seatbelt when they drive away. Their, yeah, they always try to buckle yeah. their seatbelt when they drive away or they're just leaving their head completely <laughs> open and exposed and she immediately puts him in the seat and shoves him into the floorboard mm-hmm. and as we soon find out that is the safest place safest place for him to be is because Francis starts shooting and well, she yeah, gets and hit. she gets hit because she doesn't do that but she's constantly thinking of the well-being of her son i mean she's this is i'm yeah just wild applause for her molly is great she yeah she's fantastic <laughs> team molly I've really enjoyed their portrayal of her this whole season. I, for me, I mean, the the Reba uh, Francis stuff is, has been a little hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't always worked yeah, well, but yeah. the Molly Will stuff, I've enjoyed oh, yeah. every single moment of it. The, well, and, and those two actors have such phenomenal chemistry as well. I mean, it, they're, they're great together. It's, it's really incredible to watch them on camera, so... That doesn't hurt. No. By any stretch. Um, the ne- In the next scene, we see Will arriving at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And we get to see him talk to Walter. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time they've interacted this season. Well, they've had the interaction at the dinner table when Jack came to dinner to get Will back on the case. Um, but it was very, I mean, it was a brief thing. I that do... was kind of like, hey, Dad, I'm going to go play outside. And he's like, okay, so You know what I do? I do love about... about this episode is that it gave us so much about Molly and Walter and how they 
view Will and and Will's place mm-hmm. in this very special relationship relationship between mother and son. You know, even back at the vet's office, Molly says to Walter, you know, you know how I told you that we don't lie and keeping secrets is wrong. And, well, this is just going to be one of those things that we keep a secret. Yeah. And Walter, for the first time, we hear him say, uh, you know, we're going to lie to dad. So I'm th- like, okay, so Molly, Molly and Will have been married for three years. I'm assuming that Molly was a widow. I can't remember. I think it said in maybe an episode or two back that she's a widow. I don't think it's I a think divorce. Hannibal, I think Hannibal guessed at that, but I don't think Will confirmed or denied. He did. You're right. Hannibal did guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's safe to assume that Molly is a widow. So this boy has lost a father. Yeah. Um, but it was when he was very young. So... I don't know. I just, I really am, I really find it lovely. And it's these really touching moments, especially when Walter refers to Will as dad. Mm-hmm. And I think that every time it happens for Will to hear this child call him dad, call him father, it's a really, Hugh Dancy does wonderful, wonderful things that without ever saying a word, it's just these little nuance, this little nuanced thing that he does. Yeah, his eyebrows his, in this conversation yes, are kind he's, of he's, fascinating he's to watch. Brilliant. They're constantly moving and creating yeah. expressions. Well, and it's great too. It's that it's that moment of you know, like especially when Walter's like, you know, Tommy's mom had this little magazine that said that you killed someone and you were put in a mental institution. Is that true? And Will recognizes that as this boy's father figure, he can't lie. He has to tell him the truth. Because also it's this like man-to-man thing. And I'm going to level with you, son. Yes, this is what happened. And this is where I'm at with it. And Walter asked him, you know, are you going to kill this guy that's that's tried to kill us, that's trying to kill you? And Will, because he's Will, I mean, He's the will that adopts the the murdered family's dog. He's the he's will. Altruistic. Yeah, that, he's, that is he's altruistic. He is right. the portrait of selflessness. Says, no, I'm not going to kill this guy. I'm going to get him the help that he needs. You know, out of the mouth of babes, this little boy goes, no, you need to kill him. I don't want you to help him. I want you to kill him because he just tried to kill us and you. And, you know, so it's it. This scene was so great because it was so grounded in that realism that Molly and by extension, Walter bring to this otherwise very heady, just completely out there show sometimes. These two characters really root and ground Will Graham in this really wonderful way that makes it so healthy. And you feel really, really great for him as a character. And it sets it up so beautifully that in later scenes, when you see it all start to crumble and go to shit, you're just like, I could have had it all. (laughs) If only Hannibal would leave you alone. (laughs) One of my notes for this scene is just how strong Will is here. Mm -hmm. He is, you know, I think this is the farthest from season two Will that we've ever seen. Yes. I mean, he is strong. He has a moral purpose and direction. Mm Mm-hmm. He, this family has really centered him in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and given him purpose in his life outside of just chasing bad guys and trying to understand, you know, these crazy sons of bitches mm-hmm. that he's always chasing. And I, you see that so much in this scene, in the way that he talks to Walter. Absolutely. And the way that he tries to te- he's it's like a teaching moment mm-hmm. he's almost teaching him something about this life is what you 
This yeah. is what you do if you see that wounded bird on the sidewalk. You don't, exactly, yeah. You don't kill it. You save it. But I think there's still a part of Will that has that Bedelia moment in the back of his mind where he's like. Oh, I mean, he walks straight out of this he conversation. He walks straight out of this conversation. He goes, 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 goes right yeah. to Jack Crawford and is just like, I had to justify myself to an 11-year-old, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you try doing that, you know. Very angry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now it's come home. It's, it's, it's come on to his, I mean, this is his family. It's come home for him. Yeah. So he is now, and there's, Hannibal knew. Hannibal knew this would be the rea- the reaction. If you send this killer after Will's family, I've tried my darndest up until this point to piss him off and to push him and to push him and to push him. Gloves are off. You know, save yourself, yeah. kill them all. Here's Will Graham's home address. Uh, Will's in the game now because you've you've brought it home. Like th- this is personal now. This mm-hmm. isn't just that we're not just fucking around with the FBI anymore. Yeah, and Will tells Jack like you know you, you knew. thought you you thought yeah. you were gonna lose me. You thought yeah. I was gonna go home again. Now yeah. you know I can't. Now you know I can't. Not, not until this is done. Yeah. Um, and then after this, Will is he's looking over Molly. He's trying to, you know, he's being that attentive husband he's in a sense taking a break from the investigation uh to be with his wife until she wakes up uh, which is the next time we see him this episode but jack and alana are the ones that confront hannibal instead yeah Uh, they have figured out how hannibal has been communicating with francis Mm -hmm. i love the moment oh well that's from a later scene but the Alana and Jack figuring this out, you would guess that they would figure this out with the help of Denise, who's the orderly that's been caring for Hannibal. And I love her moment later on in the episode where she plugs the phone in and she looks at Hannibal and it's just so disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> it's so disappointed. Uh, I just love that character moment. But I assume that's one way that they, they figured out what Hannibal's yeah. been doing. I love... Uh, Hannibal's line here where he says, uh, or Alana asks him, uh, would, it, would you have told me the truth? And he says, in my own way, I always have. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very true. Yeah. I mean, that is very, very, yeah. very, very true. This, yeah. This dude He's has always made done a... cannibal puns since episode one and no, no one, one ever, ever caught it. No one ever caught it, yeah. Well, he's always done, he's just, he's just done, he's always done a little song and dance around, around his truths. Um, and he's, I mean, he's, he's, he, he, he went to great lengths to mask who he was for a very long time, at least to these people, um, or not even to, well, no, not even to mask who he was, to mask what he did, uh, and to hide what he did. But now it's Behind like humor and charm, right? Yeah. Oh, charm for days, you know? Um, he's in love with his own cleverness. Oh God. Oh my God. That truer words, truer words. So, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that, that, that moment was great of him, you know, in my own, in my own way, I've always told you the truth. You were just not clever enough to see it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I love Alana in, in this episode too. Uh, she doesn't have a tremendous amount to do, um, but what she does, ooh. mm. Well, do you see what I'm saying now? Like she is, she is the Chilton. Yeah, she is Chilton. I still don't think she's creepy, Chilton, but she's Chilton that, like, 
doesn't well, you know fuck what I, you around. You know what I meant by creepy she Chilton. Means she's more business. like she's more like book Chilton yeah. than she is TV yeah. show Chilton. Yeah, she's like book and you know, movie Chilton. If you don't, if you don't behave, this is what happens. And sure enough, well, yeah, she tells him in this scene. You know, there is one way for you I to stay. My, she says, relevant. "I keep my promises too." Yeah, there is one way for you to stay relevant and stay comfortable. If you don't cooperate, and, I'll keep my promise. Yeah, Jack and Alana force Hannibal to knowingly have his phone tapped Mm -hmm. and them listening and then tracing the call to try to figure out where Francis is because they still don't know where this guy is. Yeah. They have no clue how to find him, even though Will has had two run-ins with him, basically. Um, So Hannibal agrees. He says, you know, I could lend a comforting ear. (laughs) Just he can't say anything simply. And the next thing we see is Francis working out. This is the sequence that I think is so well acted, well directed, well edited um, that it works way better than it should. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's a man fighting his imaginary friend. I mean, this is this, show, this is Fight Club. Yeah. On Hannibal. Yeah. And to 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 touch back on what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. This show still refuses to do the voices. It still refuses to do that. It, it refuses to take that out. It still continues to push it's an just actor. It's going to give you punches instead. It's going to give you, literally, it's going to show you a man fighting himself and waging a war both within and outside of himself. But it's it refuses to ever go, it, it, it refuses to take the easy way out. Mm-hmm. It, it consistently continues to challenge you as an audience member and to force you to think outside of the normal things that you might be accustomed to. I mean, I, yeah, this sequence is great because again, refuses to give us any, any, any sort of voice in his head that we're, that we as an audience are hearing. We just get to see this guy beat the shit out of himself instead, Mm -hmm. which brings it home all the more. That's way more powerful than any disembodied voice you could ever hear. Yeah, he's not having an argument with himself. Way more powerful. He's He's fighting himself. And he's punishing himself in a way. Um, You know, either for letting Molly get away or for, you know, protection for Reba. I think it's just an overall weakness thing. He's mad at himself for being what he perceives as weak. Hmm. That's an interesting reading. It's just a it's it's just a weakness thing. It's yeah. Reba, it's Molly, it's it's all like of that, it. Yeah. It's it's weakness. Huh. The dragon does not tolerate weakness, and that's what that is. He's punishing Francis for not being a strong enough vessel. Yeah. That's all that is. Interesting. Anyway, this sequence was fantastically cut. I couldn't find uh, the editor in the mm-hmm. list of credits, but whoever you are, <laughs> kudos, fantastic job. Yes. I loved this sequence. If you guys know, email us and we'll give them a shout out. Next True, week. yes. And so here, coming out of a commercial break, is where we get the terrific winged opening mm. transition. So badass. <laughs> it's it just so badass. looks so cool. It just looks so cool. Someday I want to make a vampire movie and yeah. use that as a transition for a vampire. I'm Sick. sure that I'm sure that's been done and that's actually stolen from some reference that I, I don't know, but I I loved that. <laughs> I love that transition. This is a very sad scene, however. Mm-hmm. Um, Francis breaks up with Reba. <laughs> <sighs> Unnecessarily 
so she fights it at first. Somehow she makes that line reading work of, you know, the transition from, you know, there are good things too. What's wrong with, well, you sound weird. Like that transition, yeah, 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 yeah. very hard to, like absolutely. it works yeah, on the page, absolutely. but yeah, yeah. acting that out is very yeah, hard to do. Hard. And she does a yeah. terrific job yeah, with it. Yeah, it on its feet. It's weird. Yeah. And she, you know, she fights it at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she actually even succeeds in calming him down. You know, she brushes his face yeah. uh, there at the end and calms him. And then that's when he drops the ball on her that, you know, not drops the ball. Drops the bomb? Drops the bomb on her <laughs> that he, he can't be with her because he's afraid of hurting her. Mm-hmm. She, you know, of course, doesn't know that he means literally. You know, she just sort she perceives it as, oh, well, yeah. you're just a, you're just a coward. I mean, who hasn't? been well maybe some people haven't been in a relationship where you'd say like i'm just afraid i'm gonna hurt you and that you know there's that feeling there Mm -hmm. that comes out of genuine love but it does it's also deeply rooted in fear yeah and here we get the actual literal literal manifestation of that literally like i will i am afraid that i will literally hurt you but how do you have that conversation with someone that you love and you care about you know how do you actually sit down sit them down and say so oh, yeah. I'm becoming the great her. red dragon and this is what it might look like if we were ever to be in a relationship. Um, I might kill you in your sleep someday. Yeah, guess what? My grandmother abused me. Mm. She used to lock me in my room and I'd shout on myself. And now sometimes and I now can hear I'm her deeply talking to me. Crazy. And now I'm deeply batshit crazy. Hey, still love me? Great. Yeah. yeah, well I might kill you when I'm not in a good mood. Yeah, so, uh, but but what I love is that instead of it, I mean, they literally just made they made Reba's reaction to this as real and as rooted in reality and and realism as possible of her being like, you're a fucking coward. That's such a pussy ass way to break up with somebody like either either be a man or get your hat and go. You know, I mean, does that is that what you think she means by it was nice to be with somebody that would get his hat when he left or. Stay as Stacey he damn, damn well pleases. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely what she. You meant. think that's what she meant? Absolutely. I think she was. She was saying me, it was nice. More... It was nice to be with someone who was shooting me straight. But now I feel like you're just taking the easy way out because you don't want to get you don't want to get involved in something as messy as this. And you this is he, this is just she you. Thinks, she thinks he's lying. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely think she B- about the burden thing. I think she's. I think she's. I think she is seeing him take an escape route. I think she's. I think she's saying you're afraid that this is going to get messy, either because of you know I'm blind or you have a lot of insecurities. But instead of actually just coming out and saying I'm really scared because I have a lot of insecur- insecurities and I don't know how this works, instead of actually just saying that he's just taking the easy way out, and I think she's calling him on that. But really what she doesn't know, of course, and because he can't tell her, is that he literally is terrified that he will hurt her. Yeah. And that's why he's separating them, you know. So I, I think it was she, – she thinks he's a big giant coward. For me, it was when more really of a moment – When of, really he's doing something very courageous. For me, it was more of a moment of sad acceptance on her part. No, I think Just she kind was, of like, well, of course, this is the way it's going to be because this is the way it's always been – you know, forever alone, kind of. I mean, I think it's mixed in with both. Not that dramatic, but I but think I mean, she I th- says, "Get your hat and go." She's a little, she's a little angry. She's hurt. 
we'll see how she handles this next week. And I think this will reveal more about this moment because Francis says something to Hannibal here in a minute that he's afraid she's going to come to the house, which is my guess is that's how they're going to deal with her getting back to Francis's house instead of him kidnapping her and killing her coworker. Yeah. Um, Though I don't know. They may do that, but they haven't haven't set up another character for that to play off of at all. I mean, it could be like the guy in the the car. The book kind of didn't really either, though. The coworker just sort of shows up randomly and is like, I'll give you a ride home. Well, no, because when Francis first meets Reba, I think that guy's on his way out. And then I think at one moment they're sitting at the bus stop together. I'd have to go back and look. Um, I feel like he's just like a very brief minor thing. Well, he I mean, he's a very brief minor thing, but I think there is some precedent for that guy being there and Francis assuming that they're dating mm-hmm. now and mm-hmm. Francis killing him. Gotcha. I think there's precedent for that in the book. Yeah. I think that they've, you know, completely breezed by that mm-hmm. here on the show. If they do a thing where she comes to the house and confronts him about it and wants to talk to him about it, I think this moment plays out more from her sad acceptance area where she's, you know, she just goes, well, of course, it's the way things are always going to be. And then she gets so frustrated by that and she says, no, I'm not going to leave this alone. And then she goes there. I think that could be a thing. I think if he ends up kidnapping her, and she's just really just kind of gone like, all right, bro, you, you know, you're out. I'm moving on with my life. That plays more to her thinking he's lying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So we have two different options there. And, or the third and, option is that she literally just left a sweater at his house. <laughs> she's just like, I left my jacket here. Yeah. Um, can I come in and get it? I'll, I'll be out in like five seconds. Yeah. You know what? Also, while I'm here, Did you're you an it? asshole. Do you know where it is? Do you know where it is? I, I can't. I can't. I don't know where it is. I can't I'm just going to grab a carpet. I'm just going to grab something. And go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Moving on. Anyway. Um, yeah, so we'll see how that moment plays out next week. Um, I think it'll reveal a lot more about what's really going on in this breakup scene. Then we come out of another commercial break. And here's the moment where we see Denise being so disappointed in Hannibal, um, <laughs> making her look like I an idiot. More from yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> I think she. I think she is our Barney. She is our Barney character. We'll never know. Here's my. It's probably it's probably my favorite moment in this episode. I don't know why it just makes me laugh every time I see it. But Which the way one? that he, when Denise walks away. And he turns around the table and walks up to the phone. Oh, yeah. Just the way that he does that. I, I don't know why, but it just makes me laugh out loud every time. He's ridiculous. It's hilarious. I mean, the moment even when Alana came in and had the phone with his quote unquote lawyer on yeah. it, you know, and he's laying on the bed reading and she's just she comes in and she's like, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. You know, he literally doesn't move other than to just incline his head to look up at her Mm -hmm. but it's like ankles are crossed he's very much at ease and he's in you know his little jumpsuit and his slip-on shoes (laughs) and he's just still as cool as a cucumber yeah can't be bothered can't be bothered by anything i don't know why but the way he approaches that phone is just so funny 
Um, and it's uh, turns out it's Francis calling him of again. Yeah. Uh, we get a slow reveal that Jack and Alana are in the room listening to the phone call, mm-hmm. which I like that that played out mm-hmm. a little bit because it it kind of leaves you in suspense of are they already on their way to grab Francis? Mm-hmm. Um, and then turns out, no, they've got, you know, they're trying to figure out as much as they can just right. based on this phone call. Right. They're not counting on Hannibal telling him, you know, they're listening, which he does at the end of this conversation. <laughs> and just the, how quickly he puts the phone down and walks away. Is it just another Maz Mickelson's performance in this scene is just so good. Yeah. This whole episode. He's just an amazing physical actor. Yeah. We see that um, Francis is, he's trying to seek counsel from Hannibal because he not only didn't kill Molly Mm -hmm. and the dragon, the voice of the dragon, that need in him to kill is kind of overwhelming him at this point because he hasn't killed anybody in a month. Yeah. And... You know, that's overwhelming him. Then he's also broken up with Reba. Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of him at his lowest and most broken. Mm-hmm. And we get the voice of the dragon speaking. This is such a him. we finally We finally get those voices, moment. but it's yes. spoken out loud. But it's literally him speaking himself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's absolutely great. You know, here's that moment, too, where he says, you know, she called me a man. Mm-hmm. And he's just sweet man. He's so yeah. hurt and broken by it. Yeah. And the dragon just says, "Do you know how easily you know how she, easily would tear? she would tear?" Yeah. Oh, it's so creepy and. Oh, Richard Armitage awesome. is a genius. He's he, so good. The way he delivers that <laughs> he's line. He's so good. Yeah. Man, oh man. I mean, realistically, just based on this season these three are going to split the vote for the Emmys next year. I mean, it just has to. They've all killed it. Mm-hmm. If they don't, we riot. They are all playing. I mean, they are at the top of their game uh-huh. on in this season. Absolutely. I uh, agree. All three of those men. I agree. So th- Hannibal tells Francis that the FBI is listening, and Francis, you know, skedaddles on out of there, and the FBI shows up and... Sure enough, they find that it's Hannibal's office that Francis has been calling from, Mm -hmm. which, again, why is that place just unoccupied, covered in plastic? But Jack sees that, yeah, they've just been, you know, they're just being toyed with by a man who's literally just locked in a room and has no access to the outside world, and Mm -hmm. he's still toying with them. Mm -hmm. He says Hannibal's having his fun, but he's... About to not have some fun because Alana takes everything from his cell, including the toilet. Here's where things are about to go really bad for Alana, I think. Because Hannibal, he does not suffer indignity at all. Well, he's going to have to. She keeps her promises. He may for a time, but we know we're going to see Margot. In the rest of the season, we only have two episodes left. Francis is still out there. I don't want to Hannibal talk about is angry. It. Josh, I don't want to talk Hannibal about it. Hannibal has been demeaned. I don't want to talk about it, Josh. It's not going to go well. I don't want to talk about it. It's just not. Right now, I'm living in a land where Alana is wearing really smart three-piece suits and taking Hannibal's toilet away from him. 
and then going home to her beautiful wife and son. You, you know what I might think? Might, no, you know what my I don't want to know what, what your. I don't know. I don't want to know what your theory is. <laughs> Let me have my moment in the sun, okay? So next week. Oh my God! You're gonna get, tell me anyway. We get Freddie Lowndes and the big Reba house burning down moment. Mm-hmm. Episode thirteen in the finale. Hannibal escapes somehow. Calls Will Graham in an echo of the end of Silence of the Lambs where Hannibal calls Clarice. And who is he chasing? In that moment, he's chasing Chilton. And he says, I'm having an old friend for dinner. I think he's going to call Will Graham and he's going to be at Margot and Alana's house. And it's going to be bad. It's just not going to go well. Josh, I asked you to let me have this moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. <I> just... <laughs> you asshole. I mean, you know, you know, this is gonna like it's just well, not gonna just, end I, well for her. I realize that now, but just all right. Moving on, we shall move on. Um, one note: I, Hannibal's mask. Yeah, we, we finally get that Silence of the Lambs. We get moment. the Silence of the Lambs moment. Um, not as creepy. You know, we... It's the Jonathan Demme version. Well, here's the thing, too. I feel like we've almost become desensitized to it um, because we had that moment with Will Graham last year. Um, the show's already been there. But I think... no. So it's a little... But it's there's, a little... Yeah, I'm talking more about the, the design of the mask. Well, yeah. No, I, I, know what you're, I know what you're saying. I loved that moment just because we get that nod. We get, we finally we get, get the visual. We get the visual reference, yes. And you, I, and you I have was to personally that... desensitized to it because of the fact that they've already done it with Will Graham. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's not as creepy. Well, and I also Silence think that I'm assuming, and I'm very, I may be very wrong in this because I don't really know much about their production schedule. Mm-hmm. I know that De Laurentiis' company, based on their Twitter, just saw the finale Today. today they today. saw a final this cut morning. of it today yeah so i'm assuming that their production schedule they found out that the show was being canceled by nbc before this episode was made mm-hmm. or shot yeah and so i think they're really kind of packing in those moments that everybody always wanted to see and i mm-hmm. think that's w- probably what this is yeah a little bit. It makes bit. sense yeah. in the context yeah, of everything. Absolutely. absolutely. But realistically, he doesn't need to have a mask on when they're taking out his toilet. Mm, he's not in his cell. He's he is out... in his cell. No, he's not. He's he on is. the other side of the wall. He's mm-hmm. on the other side of the glass. No, he's in his cell. Everyone else is in his cell, too. Are you sure? Yeah. It looks like he's on the other side I'm of the glass positive. in the little holding area. I don't think so. I might be missing something, but I'm I'm pretty sure because there's that shot where Alana's walking out at the end, and he's sitting right there, and you see the orderlies picking. No, but up the remember, toilet. but remember when he wasn't in his cell when Alana was invest when she was inspecting it, he was on the other side of the glass. He didn't have a mask on, but he was on the other side of the glass, and they were all inside of his cell, and he was in the holding no, area. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. On the other side of the glass, he was standing up against the glass, facing the glass. They made him go stand in the corner, basically. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, she was on the she was on the inside of his cell. I don't think so. We may just have to disagree with this, okay? Because we can't go back and watch the episodes right now. But 
Um, I, I want to feel really like don't think I want to so. feel like I think they always keep him in that cell. No, always, I, always, no, always. I want to feel like whenever they go into his cell, they put him out in the holding area on the gurney and strap him onto it while they're inside doing whatever they need to do. But and when then she they inspected his cell, he in. wasn't on a gurney. He was just standing there. No, he was on a gurney. Why the hell would they let him just stand there? I don't think so because they were being nice to him. They were being, they no, didn't know what but he it, was up to. Remember, he was comfortable. Right, but they're still going to put this guy on a gurney because if you, are you serious? He would run in a heartbeat. But they or would they mace would least, him in the face. Denise would. <laughs> Denise as Barney would totally mace him in the face. Yeah. Anyway, we'd, we'll just disagree on that. Agree tune in ne- Tune in next yes, week. You'll find we'll out find who out. was right. Yeah. So we get a, a weird little transition here. I assume they shot more footage for this. Molly's dreaming of baseball. She's a Cubs fan. And then she wakes up. Oh, one can only hope. <laughs> but she lives outside of Baltimore. Dream so I'm assuming girl. she's a Orioles fan. Orioles fan, yep. Um, or Walter is at least. Yeah, we don't really get confirmation of that. Jack asked Will earlier if his team is playing, and Will just kind of like sports. Uh, what are sports? What are sports? <laughs> um, Brian Fuller, tell us who does Walter like? What's his team? So Molly wakes up, uh, and we get this great moment between her, uh, Will and her. She and Will. Will and her. She and Will. Her and Will. She and Will. She and Will. Between she and Will. She says, I mean, this is the first time she's seen him in several or in several weeks, close to a month. And she tells she tells Will, you know, you look different. Mm, yeah. And and you said you would. Yeah. And she said, uh, is it she that says I promised I would be the same or Will says Will Will says that. No, you said you would be the same you and she says boy was I wrong about that. Yeah. Even in this moment, you know, she Still she doesn't, has she doesn't humor. lose her humor. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't. She doesn't lose that spunk that she has. Mm-mm. And um, I love her little moment where she's like, "Oh, I got angry there for a second. Yeah, it's, <laughs> she's it's so, so good. you know, she's very, she's very aware of herself. She's very um, conscious of how she behaves. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I. She, she's well, so in, in 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 her performance too, you can see the change in the way that she talks. That you can hear that anger. Mm-hmm kind of you know boiling up it's a slow transition up and then when she says that you know she immediately breaks all that tension and it becomes funny again i still i i hate to keep going back to this but i also am shameless and so therefore i don't necessarily hate it but i i can't help but always go back to three years later will and hannibal have gone through a really nasty breakup Will has moved on to someone that he's very happy with and that mm-hmm. he is inevitably married and they have a great life together. And he has told his his significant other about this crazy ex that he has. And the significant other is completely <laughs> accepting of this. She says, man, and, that's a clammy and feeling. And she's constantly, she, you know, she, she never wants to be that presence in his life that makes it harder for him than it already was. You know, she never wants to be that person that's constantly like, you know, well, maybe this is how you behaved with batshit crazy Hannibal, but this will not fly in my household. Mm -hmm. You know, she's very much like, I understand that you went through some shit back in the day, but you know what? That was back in the day and we're not going to talk about it anymore. 
in this moment in the hospital room, you know, in, in this scene, she definitely has that moment where she lets that instinct take over and she gets a little bit, she gets a little bit aggressive. She gets a little bit bitter and angry about it where she's just like, I've had about enough talk of your batshit crazy ex. Can we just not? Wow. Okay. I'm going to take it down a notch. Yeah. I got a little angry just then. I'm sorry. I understand none of this is your fault. You know, so I still I still liken this little triangle that's happening right now between Will and Hannibal and Molly as this, as, you know, a, you, you go through a breakup and maybe you broke up with someone who was a little crazy and you go into this new relationship and you're like, there's there's something that you should know about yeah. me. I have a crazy ex, so I apologize this if that ever becomes a thing. This to. is going to take some getting used to. You're not crazy. Obviously, you're great. But sometimes this person might call or show up at my house in the middle of the night. And I'm really <laughs> sorry in advance for that. Oh, and they might eat us. And they might eat us too. Or they might send their crazy per you know, their crazy bestie that thinks they're a dragon to kill us. So He's yeah, if you, you yeah, if you can get on board with this. I'll love you more than anything, but you should be aware that this is what happened in my past, you know? So I still always, that's how my mind processes <laughs> the storyline is Hannibal is the crazy ex who drives by your house in the middle of the night, two, three years later. And Molly is the person that you're with who is wonderful and supportive and doesn't get violent about it, but definitely is like, put my foot down. This is mm -hmm. not okay. So when we see her in this scene or we hear her say that she really just wants to go home. I know. It's you know, so she just sad. wants to be done with all of this. Yeah. They've gotten tied up in something that she doesn't understand and a, really yeah. a, a world that she doesn't really be want to be doesn't a part of. Be part of. Yeah. Um, and so she just yeah. goes, she wants to go home. The biggest thing that hung in the air for me during this scene was, can they go home? Is that place going to be the same for them? Because they even had the conversation before he left. You know, she said, this place won't be the this same won't, for you. Yeah. This place won't be the same for you. And f at the time, of course, we knew it was for a different reason. Naturally, we could not have anticipated any of this. Or rather, the, the characters couldn't anticipate yes. any of this. We as the audience, especially you and I, having read and, you know, seen other adaptations, kind of knew the trajectory was going in that direction. But these oh, characters, totally, yeah. these characters, of course, had no idea that it, that this decision to go help the FBI would lead to this moment. So during this exchange, what hung over my head during this was a sadness of they just want to go home. They just want to go home. Mm -hmm. But also the question of, but can they go home? Yeah. Because this place is not going to be the same for them when they pull up the driveway, you know? Well, and realistically, it's, it's tainted for Hannibal them Lecter knows where he lives now. Yeah, it's tainted for and them. As long as, as Hannibal long as he's alive, or Francis is alive, alive, that place isn't that safe. That place isn't safe, yeah. yeah. So that, that, that scene is especially very, very bittersweet for me because in addition to having that hanging over of uh, can they go home again, I also ask the question, Will is this the last time that Will ever sees Molly? Oh, yeah. Um, we don't, don't have to talk about it so. now. I, I don't think so. I, 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 but that definitely was something that I, as he walked out of the doors, I think Will I and Molly both this, make it through the season. I had this fear. Well, but do they make it together? Are they still together? Y yes, and here's why: the way that he reacts to this scene 
where he walks out and we match fade to him approaching Hannibal mm -hmm. and says, I've about had it with you crazy sons of bitches. Which, uh, can we talk about the fact that, that that line feels like it was written for Molly, but they gave it to Will because of like Molly's... NBC Molly's exec said that to Brian Fuller and the whole cast and crew at some point. Yeah. <laughs> when, he, no, when, he, this when, they line, cut, when they canceled this the show. Line is such, this line is such a Molly line. And I love that because it shows her influence. Even in the writing, they've shown this influence that this woman has had over Will. And so I love that he's not he's not talking it's in these high yeah. highbrow ways anymore. He's not he's not trying to play that game anymore with these crazy sons of bitches. He literally is trying to shoot as straight as possible. Mm -hmm. And I love that he walks right up to Hannibal and says, "I've about had it with you, crazy sons of bitches." And that's Molly. I feel like that's all Molly. Yeah. In Will's presence right then. I feel like that's all her influence on him. And he's very just, this is how I feel. And I've had about enough of this shit. And we're going to get down to brass tacks. And you're not going to bullshit me anymore. You yeah. need to tell me right now what the fuck is going on. I love it. I love it. It's great. I mean, and Hannibal already, I mean, he always has in a way. In his own way, he shoots him straight. Yeah. Hannibal kind of tries to justify himself saying that it's not necessarily you know, the the dark parts of the world aren't found in crazy sons of bitches. They're found in, in mm -hmm. the faces of the Face crowd. Of the crowd yeah. You know, he's kind of saying we're all mad. Yeah. You know, we're all, we're all crazy. And no matter where you go, your life is never going to be perfect. It's not going to be this, you know, secluded little hostel that you've been living in for three years. You know, he's trying to, He's trying to call him back to him. And Will is very guarded here. I can't remember exactly what line it is, but you can... Hannibal asks him something, and you can see Will, the old Will, about to say his typical answer. Oh, it's, um, how's your wife? <laughs> okay, Taylor Swift. He says, how's your wife? And... You can see Will, um, he's about to come back with a very pointed remark. Mm -hmm. And then he just says, my wife, she was lucky. You know, he just, yeah. he's guarding himself. He's not going to let that door open even yeah. a little he's bit. Not, he's not going to let the crazy ex get under his skin. No. No. He, he's, he's done. He's, he's done playing yeah. these games. He he's can't do really it He's really done. He's done. And um, Hannibal needs to stop being Taylor Swift. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus. Like, he said that line, and I immediately was like, are you 15 and a girl? Oh, my God. Can your can your yeah. jealousy and bitterness be any more obvious than it is right in this moment? Jesus. No, I think this, this whole exchange. Okay, so this was the part of the episode that perplexed me as to why it ended this way. Uh, I don't feel that it ended on a cliffhanger i felt that the scene just ended there was nothing there was no suspense in it for me there was I, I, because i feel like will has made his decision to stick to his guns and to he's taken the gloves off he's not playing nice anymore and he's done a thousand percent done with hannibal and all of his bullshit and his mind games. And he's definitely done with Francis. I don't think that this is a will that's trying to save Francis anymore. I think this is a will that recognizes what his son said. You've got to kill this guy. There is no helping him. 
And I, 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 so that's why I don't think that there was a cliffhanger here. When Hannibal asked him, don't you crave change, Will? Um, here's no, why, here's I don't why think I Will think craves think change at all. I think he's literally done with you, and we're going to get this I done with. Here's why I think it's with. a cliffhanger. Okay. I, and, and given, like, we know there's only two episodes less, left of this season. Mm-hmm. This for me is the moment of where the boxers, the you know, the heavyweight champions come out of their corners and this is them tapping gloves. This is Will saying, All right, you wanna go? Let's go. And Hannibal saying, you know, like this is about to get crazier than you could imagine. And I think these last two episodes are gonna be a doozy and I think they're gonna wreak havoc on Will's psyche. Mm-hmm. This is as strong as Will is going to get, mm. is right here, and as, and as determined as he's going to get. Yeah. And so I read the ending of this scene as, you know, you the Hannibal just saying, like, get ready, because you're about to take some more punches. You know, as bad as you think this is, it's about to get worse. And the biggest reason I think that is, is because we get that line from Faust. Uh, you know, there are two souls, alas, are uh, dwelling in my breast, and one is uh, one is striving to forsake his brother. It's a line from Faust, and it's about need and longing. Hannibal needs Will, and he thinks he can break Will, and he thinks like Hannibal is excited in this moment. That's why, that's why it ends with that line of, don't you crave change? And he says it kind of like, I know, this is what you need. Like, I'm giving you what you need. And he's saying it that way. He is a crazy ex. But he's saying it that way. <laughs> yeah. Kind of saying like, you know I'm right. You know. You can't be comfortable in this yeah, life your that you world have. is ne- it's not going to be perfect. Is, this is not going to be enough for you. Yeah. You're always going to need something else. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And that's why I think it's a cliffhanger <laughs> moment because this is that My big, it's, it, you know, it's that, it's My the feels. line right before the action sequence. You know, it's, the, this is, like I said, it's the, the heavyweight boxers tapping gloves. This is, it's about to get crazy. No. <laughs> and I think, you know. My feels, they're broken. It's going to be a, you know, these last two episodes are going to be some doozies. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I'll talk about it next week, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) After we see a new episode, but for right now, I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, I just think it's... And that's how the episode ends. Like, that's it. That's, That's just how it ends. It's literally Hannibal says, don't you crave change, Will? And... That's it. That's how the episode ends. Well, think, so, of, think about that moment with different music. Why does I mean, they yeah, Why does they cut that. the black? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah. the like or the you even have like the the yeah. lost thing where it's right. it's the you know, and they <laughs> pop the, the title up there. It's the what? The lost thing. What was that sound? The <laughs> <laughs> they would pop the title up there at the end of every episode. You know. Yeah. It's. If they had put something like that on it, it it would accentuate it so much more. But my reading of how that scene plays is is that. That this is, you know, it's a cliffhanger of, oh, God, how much worse can this get? And (laughs) we will see. We're wondering. Yeah, we will see next week. Do you have any more thoughts on this episode? 
before we wrap up? I don't. Um, you you have changed my perception on the on the end of the episode. Really? So, yes. Okay. So thank you for that. I mean, you're welcome. I guess I wasn't really trying to. I was just <laughs> no, no, explaining but my, yeah, no, my I, reading I, of it. I absolutely uh, understand, and yeah, I agree. I didn't think about it that way. Well, cool. I'm I'm right for once. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Don't get used to it, buddy. Uh, anyway, we will be back next week yes. um, for episode three twelve. Yeah. And the, the have you seen the title for next week's episode? No. Uh, here's why here's one reason i think it's about oh, to get shit. way worse what is it and the number of the beast is 666 oh no that, i mean literally they titled they an episode literally, that. yeah well, so not only do we have faust yeah. here which is somebody that sold their soul soul to the devil right which i think hannibal being as brian fuller said that devil character mm-hmm. he is the fallen angel mm-hmm. who is fascinated by humanity will has and essentially Will has essentially sold his soul to Hannibal. And I think that's genuinely what Hannibal thinks. Ugh. And we're about to get his full wrath next week. Shit. So. Well, getting a little sentimental for, for a moment. We're, wh- we're winding down. I know. On, on the series as a whole. Yeah. Uh, we haven't gotten any more news. I'm still holding out hope that. Brian Fuller is going to go off and do American Gods. He's going to wrap production on season one of that. And, you know, somebody is going to approach him and say, what about Hannibal season four? And he's going to go, yes, let's do it now. And we'll get it then. Because as far as I know, that's the biggest roadblock in it is that yeah. the the showrunner, the dude who's written pretty much every episode of the show, yeah. is going off to do something else. Which we're very we're very happy about, and we're very proud, and oh, we're yes. both huge fans of American Gods, and we've yes. even kicked around the idea of potentially doing a podcast about that when the series, mm-hmm. you know, premieres. Um, so you know, that's not by any stretch spoken in a in a negative uh, negative way, um, but that is the reality of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, I'm feeling a little sentimental. We're wrapping. We're we're winding it's down. It's sad. I mean, it's been we've it's been really only, fun. We've only just now gotten started, and you know. Yeah, it's been really fun. You know, figuring out one how to do a podcast. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Where absolutely. To, where to post it? How to get it on iTunes? All that stuff. But yeah. it's been it's been really great. Just sitting down and really recapping all these episodes and yeah. digging into every nook and cranny of it. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Really trying to figure out. Yeah what's what's going on what the symbolism is you know the story that they're really telling yeah you know as opposed to just kind of what's happening on the show yeah and that's what we've tried to do with this podcast and i hope Mm -hmm. that's come across yeah um, absolutely thus far but yeah two more episodes left yep sad day we're on to points unknown from there so Mm -hmm. We'll and so is Hannibal because he's, he's and so escaped. is Hannibal because he's escaped. <laughs> <laughs> Holding to it. Holding to it. You might see me like jump off, off, up off the couch and like hold my arms in the air if that happens. Oh God. Anyway, tune in next week again. Hopefully, we will be out a little earlier. It's our work schedules have been crazy lately. Britt yeah. is in a play. I'm in a show right now. Right now, <laughs> so her nights are taken up and yeah. uh, her day is taken up by her, her job, so we're just trying to fit this in on days off where we can. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that will that will happen a little earlier in the week next week. Yeah. 
But uh, until then, you yeah. can uh, follow us on iTunes. You can catch up on old episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just a la carte podcast there. Uh, a la carte podcast at wordpress.com. We also have our episodes posted there. Where can they follow us on Tumblr, Britt? Uh, we're on Tumblr at a la carte podcast.tumblr.com. Um, so I'll be posting uh, links to the most recent episodes uh, in the next day or two. Uh, but mostly, if, you know, if you're on Tumblr, uh, just expect a lot of, re, you know, reblogs of gift sets of Alana and Marco. Because <laughs> that's really all I ever put on Tumblr. <laughs> In memoriam. In memoriam. Shut up, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, you can email us at a la carte podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, please email us we'd love to hear from you guys and, and talk to you and answer questions or and if continue you, to talk about yeah, it yeah if you have, have if you have your own thoughts and opin- opinions and feels about the show um, and you maybe disagree with us that's great we want to actually talk about that so let's yeah let's have conversations about it yeah we may have to do a, a, a straw poll on Twitter this week okay um Depending upon what happens in in this next week's episode, because, but uh, straw poll of (laughs) does Alana Bloom? Shut up, Josh! Sorry, stop. We disagree on this. I want to know what other people think about (laughs) it. All right, fine, whatever. Um, Anyway, (laughs) yes, you can follow us on Twitter as well. Where can they find you on Um, Twitter, Josh? Oh, let me say the name of the podcast first. It's A la Carte Pod, right? Is that our Twitter? I don't know, Josh. What is our Twitter? Crap. You jerk. Yes, it is all the crap. So, yeah, look out for that that poll, maybe, on Twitter. You can follow us there at a la carte pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh B. Carter. How about you, Britt Bird? You can follow me at Brit L. Bird. That's Bird with a Y. Two T's on Brit. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, find us on social media. Catch up with our all, all our old episodes. Talk and to us. We want to hear from you. Yes, please. And we will be back next week to review the number of the beast to 666. Oh, God. But until then, bonsoir. Toodaloo.